Hi Triber, we're back for the next season. Smart Girl Tribe has grown to become the UK's number one female empowerment organisation. We have an event series, a digital magazine, a membership platform and this podcast. What can you expect from us? Interviews from women all over the world who are driving change and pushing the needle forward. From actors to activists to CEOs and conflict photographers to the brains behind some of the world's largest corporations. When you're not tuned in every Wednesday at 6pm, then make sure you're chatting to fellow unapologetically ambitious women in our private Facebook group, the Smart Girl Tribe Society, or sharing our ever so inspirational content on Instagram at Smart Girl Tribe. Well, Tribers, what a week so far. Let's talk about it. Black Lives Matter is an incredibly important movement and one we all need to participate and take more part in. Every day, there are no excuses. I am proud to say that the whole Smart Girl Tribe team took part in Blackout Tuesday on social media, but more importantly, I feel like you're my family, so I'm going to be honest. I have always committed to Smart Girl Tribe being an inclusive and diverse organisation. I have always made it my mission to make sure every voice is heard, but you can always learn more, including us. Black Lives Matter is not a trend, it's a call to action. Today I shared next to the blacked out image resources that have helped us and everything we are reading and watching at Smart Girl Tribe. I also wrote an article which is live on smartgirltribe.com where I share exactly how you can take action to help the BLM community right now. In this episode, I talk to Sharon Virk, who implements government legislations, policies and procedures into education programmes to promote an equal and diverse learning culture. Today, we are talking about diversity and how to build a more equal future. At the end, though, I do again go over everything that has helped me thus far, the Smart Girl Tribe's commitment for the future and additional resources for you to explore. Hi, Sharon. Thank you so much for being here on the Smart Girl Tribe podcast today. Can you just introduce yourself to our listeners? So yeah, hi, I'm Sharon Burke. I'm um, from the UK. I'm, um, a edu- I work in the education, further education industry in the apprenticeship work-based sector. Um, so I deal with implementing policies, procedures and stuff into our education programmes. Um, so things like equality, diversity and things like that. So we're promoting it in our education. That all sounds great. And my first question, Sharon, I'd really like to ask you, what do you first think of when you hear the term diversity or racism? So I think diversity is um, a term to me that is used to explain people from different backgrounds, different cultures um, and different beliefs even and different religions. Um, so everybody is diverse and different um, hence the term diversity and that's what that would mean to me I think racism is when somebody is judged on um, a particular characteristic um, in terms of their religion or race um, and um, is targeted because of that or treated differently because of that um, and that's what racism would mean to me and what do you think Sharon, do you think there are maybe some everyday things that we can do every day to promote a more diverse future? 
I think there is, and I think when I actually really think about this, I think, although sometimes I can think about things in an educational context, I think if you think about um, different areas and um, um, where there can be more sort of like of one culture or one religion, and um, I think that it's about interacting communities in a way um, and going to different communities, and that's one way that we can sort of tackle um, and and become as, as one a bit more um, if we are sort of communicating with people that we wouldn't always communicate with um, and going to different areas where there are more um, diverse people. And thinking about being in an office environment, what would you advise anyone who maybe wanted to start having that conversation? Should they approach somebody on their own or should they maybe bring it up when they're in a group? A conversation about what, sorry, about... If somebody wanted at work to have a conversation about racism or the lack of diversity in the office, do you think it's better to go and approach somebody on their own to ask how they would feel about that or to bring it up in a group? I think sometimes in a group setting, if it's done quite naturally, it's quite um, good to speak about different people's opinions and views on things and you can share ideas and concepts. And I think it's equally good to do it individually as well with one person, if that is um, obviously naturally occurring as well. Just taking opportunities to speak about things. I think things that are current, currently happening in news, in the media, uh, the social um social posts and things like that, that can be a starting point for a conversation sometimes. And in a group setting, people can start communicating more about that, can't they? I can understand that what you're saying about talking to somebody on their own. I mean, racism obviously isn't something that I have personally ever experienced, but I grew up in Italy and I'm British and I look very white and British. I've got blue eyes, I'm very blonde. And I remember at the time when people would talk about immigrants or foreigners coming in, etc. I remember people would ask me if somebody were talking to me about immigration and foreigners coming into the country, would somebody rather have that conversation with me one or one or in a group? So I can understand that maybe some people would be more comfortable having that in a group, but others would prefer to have it as a one on one conversation. If someone is listening to this and they are a female entrepreneur, let's say, and they're self-employed and they work at home, how can they build a more equal world, literally from the comfort of their home? So I think we've got social media as a great platform at the moment. And I think that's one way that I've actually come to this podcast today um, and met through um, social media. Um, And I think that's a great way to talk to different people and um, share opinions, ideas and thoughts again on on diversity. And that's one way we can do it from the comforts of our own home. I mean, picking up the telephone as on the Zoom session today, you know, we can talk through technology. It's just so great. And we can um, maximise that in a way to um, promote a more diverse culture. Why do you think, Sharon, that we don't talk about racism maybe as much as we should I mean I can honestly say that in the years I've been doing this I've probably had this conversation maybe 50 times let's say but I would say in the grand scheme of things that's not many at all why do you think it is that racism is still to an extent considered a taboo subject 
again, I do think that some people are quite scared to ask questions or scared to discuss it because um, they're scared of saying the wrong thing um, and, and looking bad or sharing their opinion or thoughts. So sometimes it can be more of a taboo subject just because of people being frightened of the unknown or um, of speaking about what they think personally for, for being a bad thought, for example. But it not necessarily is. It's just that that's how people might feel about it. Because of everything that's going on, especially with the hashtag Black Lives Matter, for instance, how would you want somebody to approach you if they wanted to talk about racism? How can you start that conversation? I think, I mean, at the moment, obviously, we've just decided to speak about racism as a, as a concept. And I think that I've been speaking to it a bit more with my friends of recent because it is all over social media and it is very topical and it is very current. So I think that um, actually just, just saying to your friends, what are your thoughts on um, racism and what are your thoughts on this just promotes that opportunity to start discussing it more. Um, and that's one way that I would do that. So if somebody came to you and they said, I really want to have a conversation about racism, obviously that's a really positive first step. Is there anything that somebody could possibly say maybe subconsciously they wouldn't be um they wouldn't quite understand that it could be interpreted as offensive is there anything that anyone can say that might have a backlash i think just having general conversation and actually acknowledging somebody's interests um can transpire into speaking about um you know a, a different culture for example um so if you wanted to do it on more of a subtle level um and explore views and opinions that's some ways that you could do it so by building lower level questioning around um what somebody might think or do and then sort of obviously building that up into more of a deeper conversation around um racism is racism a conversation that you have had growing up have you always been very open about it in your family I actually experienced um, racism myself when I was first started working at um, my first job and I was walking to work and some individuals said to me, oh, um, what one guy said, oh, she looks quite fit. And then the other guy was like, oh, but she's just a packy, isn't she? Yeah, you should go back to where you came from. And, you know, it actually really hit me quite hard because I'd never really experienced racism before then. Um, and I remember listening to the comments and walking and feeling quite upset and then obviously carried on with my daily um, work but it actually upset me because it was making me think about my identity and the colour of my skin and when I got home I was looking in the mirror thinking do you know what I'm actually brown you know and obviously people see me in this way and it was at that point I actually started to speak to my mum about it and say to her do you know have you ever experienced racism because this is what's happened to me today Um, and I shared that with her And then she shared her experiences and likewise my brother and sister did who have also experienced it. Um, So it can be quite hurtful when you do experience it, but that that obviously prompted me to speak about it, which is something that I would not naturally have spoken about had it not happened to me because probably I was quite naive and thought that the majority of people accepted me for who I am because that's what I've always had up until that point. (laughs) So... No, I'm really sorry that you had to go through that. That's really, it's really devastating to hear because obviously you're aware that it's 
gone on. I haven't been in a position before where I have ever heard somebody say something to someone else that has been directly racist because I know I know that I'm somebody who would very much get involved and share my view and say that that's not okay. Have you ever been in a position where someone has said something to you and they have had others around them and they haven't spoken up? No, I haven't actually. Um, uh, but at that point, when that did happen to me, I did wonder, should I have challenged that at that point? Um, but I didn't. I walked away really fast. Um, and I thought, should I have challenged that? But then, uh, obviously, being quite young and they was two males, looked like they'd probably been drinking or something. I'm quite glad that I didn't approach and challenge that situation. Um, and then I did put it down to thinking that, you know, obviously they probably wasn't educated and they didn't really know um, the difference, you know, um, as to actually I was born here and this is where I was born and going back to where I came from is going back to here because mm-hmm. I wasn't actually born anywhere else. So um, that's what I kind of put it down to in the end. No, I completely, I do understand. And do you think, Sharon, that when we have these conversations about racism, do you think we should be sharing our views or just having these conversations about this topic with children or do you think that's something that we need to shield them from i do think that we need to be speaking more about it and i do think education is a way that we can do that and i think by giving um, people opportunities to discuss how they feel about themselves and um about these these incidents that could or might happen but I think the key thing what you've said before as well has anybody ever challenged that or saw that while they've been around you I do know for my siblings it's never been challenged when when it's happened to them at school Um, and I think it should be challenged I think if somebody does see that happening regardless of if it's you or not and you see it happening I think that that should be challenged Um, and then obviously that individual that it's happened to should then be given the opportunity to talk about that with somebody because it does impact the way they feel and where they feel they belong in society and their identity. So I think that it should be discussed in schools, especially if racism was happening and somebody saw it, then I think it should be challenged. I do absolutely agree. I think when we take our curriculum, we need to have maybe something referred to, I don't know, just spitballing here as culture studies or something like that where we talk about racism and sexism and homophobia because I think if it became more of a daily conversation we would all be more inclined to have these types of conversations but I know in school I was never taught about racism and what you can say and what you can't say all of that just mainly came from my family. I think a big thing for me in my life is my best friend is actually a black woman and she has been very, very open. We've been friends since I was 10. She's been very, very open with me about her experiences and how to go about it and how to have these conversations. But I can honestly say I worry for those who haven't had maybe such a direct relationship with somebody of a different background, whether that be a political background, a religious background, whether it's colour, I do feel for those people because, again, they have to almost... You do have to take responsibility to an extent and you have to stay educated, but I think as early, if you can, have those conversations, the better. 
I completely agree. I think it's good to have those conversations early on. And I think while it is promoted in education and in classrooms and in learning environments, um, I think it, it could be encouraged more at home as well. Um, and I think that in both homes and classrooms, I think the more that we promote it and the more we discuss it, the better awareness that we generate and um, we help young people know more about it because you're right sometimes you don't always know about another culture until you know it and then you know Mm -hmm. how do you know it it's only by talking to others isn't it no I do I do agree with that so if there is we have spoken a little bit if somebody is foreign how to approach them if somebody is white how can you still go about having this conversation if there is a mother listening for example and she wants to start talking about racism with her young children in we'll say children or teenagers in your view how can they go about having that conversation is it very much that you just sit down and you open up do you think people need to be more sensitive when they have this conversation do you think that we need to do a lot of research before we have this conversation being on the other side to me how would you maybe advise somebody in my position to go about it if they're a mum and want to I think it would be quite good to do some research around it. Like there's some good um, websites out there, um, like BBC Bite Size. I think there was something on um, the Smart Girl Tribe page today as well. So there's things like that that you can look at and read um, and get some awareness about it before obviously having those conversations because then you can bring that into discussions around, you know, how, how you how sort of like racism is at the moment and um, talking about how we can challenge and if this was to happen, this is what we could do. Um, And just then obviously having that open conversation is a good thing to do um, at home as a mother. Um, And actually encouraging them to speak about have they had any um, racial um, remarks to themselves or or not. You know, I I found it quite challenging when it did happen to me to speak to my mum about it at first. And so she kept saying, why are you so upset? Are you okay? Um, my mum is really motherly and she's always, you know, asking me questions. So she could see that I was not okay. And that obviously prompted me to speak about it. Um, but I, I've not spoke about it to anybody else ever again, apart from my mum and my family and you, you right now. So, you know, um, this has prompted me to speak about it. So, and I'm doing it today just to generate awareness. So I think that... Um, yeah, I think it could be a topic for just opening up a question, really, and seeing how somebody feels about it themselves to share their opinions and views on it. Obviously, you spoke about it with your mum. Can I ask what her reaction was like? Did she say, okay, we need to have this conversation more and more, or these are resources that I have turned to? What was her advice? She was basically in the opinion that, you know, when obviously it happened to her she had quite a lot of it in her general had happened to her which I was quite surprised about and I couldn't believe it and you know my heart was like oh my gosh you're my mom and this is happening to you and you know just gave her a hug that's kind of like how I felt but I think that my mom wasn't sort of like signposting me to go and read things I think she was more helping me with my identity and the way I saw myself and my belonging in the world because at that point that's what I was questioning so I think she was validating that I was beautiful, that I'm a good person, and that I don't really need to listen to these, these comments and remarks that were made, and those comments don't make me who I am. 
So she's a really nurturer. She's a good um, mum, my mum. I love her to bits. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that's the approach that she had taken. Then, obviously, on top of that, I was still going to um, college um, and places like that where I did learn about policies such as, like, equality and diversity and racism in that and um, religion and discrimination and, you know, what's actually against the law and what isn't. Um, and at times, you know, you, you know all of this information, but, you know, what would I have done to actually flag that up to somebody and should I have flagged that up and they're the types of questions I was asking myself after but of course I never saw those two gentlemen again apart from in my head and revisiting that moment again but you know I didn't do something about it then but then I thought could I have done something about it and I was feeling quite guilty that maybe I didn't and you know that could happen then to somebody else um but yeah so there is information out there and that I've learned thereafter and which probably could you could assign people, those people to, about what you could do if this was experienced. Can I ask, Sharon, what would your advice be to your younger self now, knowing everything that you do and having learned everything that you have? Um, I think to my younger self now, I think, I, I don't think I would change anything that I did on that day in that circumstance. I was actually, you know, running to work, trying to get to my job. I wouldn't have actually turned around and started challenging. That could have been a complete different situation, you know, mm -hmm. um, me on my own. Um, so I, I don't think there's anything that I could have actually done differently. Um, but I think speaking to people that I wasn't very confident as a young person and I probably wouldn't have spoken to people about it. Um, especially like in um, a professional environment. So I think the only thing I would say to my younger self is is do communicate with others and share your experiences with other people more and don't keep it all locked up inside. Now, obviously, we have spoken about racism and inequality, etc. Talking about celebrating diverse culture and also the importance of discussing identity being an Indian woman, what do you think we can do more of each day, all of us collectively, to have more conversations about identity and your heritage, for instance? Do you think it's important that we have these conversations about different heritages? It's nice to speak about other cultures, and I'm really interested myself in other people's cultures and, and religions and festivals and celebrations, so... I think that it is good to to, to do that. Um, I mean, how about yourself? Like, would you, what would you say if I asked you that question in your culture? How would you like somebody to approach you with that? I think it is important. Again, I cannot, it's not even comparable. But growing up in Italy, I remember I was the only blonde in my entire school. Not just my class, but in my entire school, I was the only blonde and I was the only one who was blue-eyed and I was the only foreigner. And obviously I stuck out like a sore thumb because of that. And I really appreciated when I would have teachers come up to me and say, you know what, in class we're going to discuss more about what it's like being English and the history that the United Kingdom has gone through and things like that. I understand, of course, it's not comparable. I couldn't even put it in the same um, subject matter, if you like, when we're discussing about inequality and racism because I'm aware of my privilege. But I remember appreciating when even friends would come up to me and they would say, you know what, I don't know much about what it's like to be English. Can you 
tell me about it, even if it was conversations about Jane Austen or Winston Churchill or the Second World War, these were still conversations that I enjoyed having. I think that's probably a stark difference though, is of course the Second World War was so brutal, but overall, if you are English, when you look back in history, there isn't something that I can say, well, that was really terrible maybe towards English people as it is against maybe black people or those of a different colour, those who are more marginal marginalised in a society, if that makes sense. But I did appreciate having those conversations and I do think it's really important. I mean, as I said before we even had this conversation, I feel that with Smart Girl Tribe, we do have a, rep a responsibility to represent the every girl and I'm not going to talk about maybe having anxiety as a black woman because I'm not a black woman that's not my story to tell so I seek out those who can share their story because I do strongly believe that you need to pull up a chair for others and give them a megaphone give them a platform if you have a platform you need to look around you and say does everybody look like me in this room does everybody speak like me in this room is everyone the same color as me does everyone have the same religious belief or political background or financial background as well because I think if the answer is yes then you need to get yourself in a different room because I don't think personally that you can grow as a person unless you have those different conversations and you start celebrating other traditions and customs I mean more personally I haven't been but my parents a few years ago went to India and they said it was the most spectacular place and they came back and all they wanted to do was talk about the Indian traditions and culture and the history that they learned there with my brothers and I because they found it so fundamentally important but they said you know what as a white British family we rarely have these conversations and we need to start having them. When we grew up as I said my best friend she was black and actually my youngest brother his closest friends were black as well so that was a conversation that we had. We did talk about racism from when we were very very young and why certain things were being said to them and not to us so we had that conversation but I think you can't just have a few conversations about maybe one culture and not another you need to slowly but surely um, incorporate everybody if you really want to achieve balance and equality in your life yeah I would 100% agree with that and I think you're right, I've been um, privileged to do some traveling as well. So I've been to places like China and Thailand and Vietnam and places like that. And it's definitely opened my eyes to the different cultures, the different festivals and the celebrations and things that they've had um, and opened my awareness as an individual. And I, I absolutely love learning about that. So now I feel like more connected with different cultures because I know um, I know them a little bit better from what I've learned um, and had I not have gone to those places I would not have known as much. Um, as you've grown up Sharon have you noticed a difference in how we as a society maybe approach you, your heritage, your background, have you noticed a difference from when you were in school? Um, that's a good question. I think like what you were saying, obviously, I'm, I've got dark black hair, brown skin, brown eyes, um, and I was always um, in a classroom, not, not so many people who looked like me, 
Um, and I don't think I've ever actually had, I've never really thought about that until I actually went to India as well. And I was looking around and everybody looked more like me with dark hair and my features. And when I was speaking to people, I was looking at them and thinking, wow, you know, you look more like me. And there's a lot, because I started volunteering in a school there as well. But obviously growing up, I didn't think that was um, different because it's something that I always knew. Um, so you, you just get used to the surroundings and the people that you're around. Um, and I obviously embrace the different cultures that I was around at that time as well. So the thing I found challenging at school was probably more the fact that I spoke Punjabi um, and I couldn't speak English when I first started school. So I had to learn English and that was obviously a barrier for me. And when I could then speak English, I could communicate more with my friends and my peers growing up. Um, and that would help, obviously, with my journey. <laughs> In an office environment, have you ever felt it not maybe consciously excluded but have there ever been times that you think maybe people have are having conversations and they're not aware of their privilege or have they ever had conversations that have made you uncomfortable um i don't think there's ever been anything that has made me feel uncomfortable i think people have asked me questions such as do you celebrate christmas and um sort of like, oh, I had a curry the other day, um, it was really, really good, have you tried this one before, um, and those types of things. And I think, obviously, um, you might not say to everybody, oh, I had this curry before, do you celebrate Christmas? Because you might just come with um, an assumption or a stereotype of um, what somebody is or, or because of the colour of their skin. Um, but it doesn't offend me um, when somebody asks me that question because I don't think somebody is doing that maliciously. I think they're just doing it out of general interest and they've obviously formed a judgment on that. And I do eat curry, you know, so it's fine for them to ask me what my thoughts are on the type of curry I might eat and if I celebrate Christmas. Um, but I think the point that I'm trying to make is that I think we all come with preconceptions of what somebody is, who somebody is based on the way that they look regardless of their skin colour, um, and that could be how we guide our conversation sometimes. But I do think if that's not done in a malicious way, um, to me that's not racism. I think that's just trying to, again, get past that barrier of what we were talking about before, where people might feel scared about asking a question um, just because they don't know how somebody's going to handle it. So I don't think that people should feel scared to ask questions or get to know somebody a bit more. Um, but perhaps we should probably not come with a pre conceived judgment of what somebody is or does if that makes sense no it really does and I think that's really fascinating I was having a conversation it was actually on the podcast as well with a Muslim woman and she said you know what Scarlett it's okay for you to question why we're wearing the hijab and I said oh my gosh I could I could never do that that would make me incredibly uncomfortable and she said, but why? You're not doing anything that's malicious. If you're asking questions, if you're trying, you'd like to think that that comes across and somebody understands that that's not malicious. So maybe that's something as well to really point out to anybody listening. Asking questions is okay. Sometimes you've got to make sure you form it in an appropriate way and you're coming across as inquisitive, if you like, or as curious maybe that is something that maybe as a society we need to start promoting more that just because you're asking questions it doesn't mean that you're making the listener or the person that you're asking 
them too uncomfortable because I've had these conversations before and I've been very, very nervous and I've interviewed Muslim women and Asian women, black women, Indian women. And sometimes I have been a bit nervous and I've thought, oh, you know, how are they going to respond to that question? Is that question okay? And I always ask before podcast interviews or any kind of interviews, how can I refer to you? How do you like to be referred to as? Tell me about your identity, your heritage, so I can come from a place of appropriacy, if you like. Um, yeah, maybe that's something that we all need to promote more. I mean, I try to with my readers anyway to say, let's ask more questions. I think even with everything going on now, that's what we need to start doing more. What is one thing, Sharon, that you wish maybe more people knew about the racism conversation or just when it comes to identity or equality or diversity? Is there any, is there one thing that you would maybe want more people to know? Um, what would I want more people to know? I think like we've just been speaking about, I think that, you know, for me, I've learned so much about other people's cultures growing up and, um, legislations and you know equality and diversity as I've grown up I think um as you were saying what advice would you give to your younger self I think that's something that I wish I'd have known sometime sooner you know about other people's um cultures so I think going back to our points about education and um encouraging people to speak about different cultures ask questions is something that I wish I knew before because I probably would have had more conversations like this sooner uh, if people had a wanted to speak to me in that way before as well and obviously you work in diversity so I have to ask on a national level how do you think we can create a more equal world obviously that's going to help our economy our communities our policies how do you think we can go about creating a more equal future well, a good question is, is do we think that it should be on the national curriculum? What are your thoughts to that? Oh, I agree. I think that it should be, absolutely. I think it's a topic that we need to be talking about a lot more, not just racism, but also homophobia and transphobia and racism. I think all of these conversations need to be on the national curriculum because I think it's only then. We can't change our past and it's tragic and it's devastating and really heartbreaking and I can't ever pretend that I will truly 100 be 100% be able to understand what it's like living as a living as an Indian woman or a black woman or an Asian woman but I think we can change our future and the future is bright if we collectively come together and start having those conversations yeah absolutely and I think it's all about those conversations so encouraging that a lot more on a national level. I think we very much do have it in our sort of education. We, we do encourage equality and diversity conversations, but how often do we have those conversations? And should it be more often? And how do we promote that to happen more often? Um, and I think that that would really help to generate more awareness. Can I ask how you are today with the Black Lives matter movement is there anything in particular you're doing we at smart girl tribe are doing blacked out tuesday so we're not on social media today is there anything that you're doing in particular that you would like to share 
So today's been a very busy work day, so there's not anything um, different that I've done as of yet, but I have seen on my social media the blacked out pictures all over um, Instagram, and that has been quite chilling to see, actually. But what's quite good is that on the Smart Girl Tribe, there's um, resources as well to accompany that. So if you wanted to do some further reading, um, you can as well. Amazing. Well, thank you very much for joining us today, Sharon. And I will stay in touch and speak to you soon. On smartgirltribe.com, you can find a list of the resources we have been using to push the needle forward when it comes to Black Lives Matter. On Instagram, we have also shared the books we have turned to, the podcasts we are listening to and the documentaries we are watching. Some of these include podcasts about race and the diversity gap, also 1619 by the New York Times, books Beloved, Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race, and Freedom is a Constant Struggle. Organisations, South Hall Black Sisters, The Black Curriculum, and London's Black Women's Project. You can also listen to our podcast episodes with Sarah Awusu on life as a black female artist, and the history behind South Hall Black Sisters with Rahila Gupta. The episode is called I Ask Every Feminist Question You're Too Afraid to Ask.